Good morning, listeners. Thank you for joining us on the broadcast today. We're continuing with the series based on the theme, Embracing Revival, Achieving Excellence Through Effective Leadership, the Missionary Church Association in Jamaica's theme for 2024. Today, we're going to be speaking about the leadership development process. In an earlier sermon in the series, we saw that when Moses told Jethro, his father-in-law, about his encounter with God at the burning bush, where he was called to be a leader by God, he affirmed him and gave him his blessings. We made a point then that God will provide people in your life to affirm you and reinforce his call on your life to be his leader. Today, we're going to see once again the impact of Jethro in the development of Moses' leadership for him to be effective. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 18. And Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard all that God had done for Moses and for Israel his people, that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back with her two sons, of whom the name of one was Gershom, for he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land, and the name of the other was Eliza, for he said, The God of my father was my help, and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness, where he was encamped at the mountain of God. Now he had said to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons with her. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, bowed down and kissed him. And they asked each other about their well-being, and they went into the tent. And Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardship that had come upon them on the way, and how the Lord had delivered them. Then Jethro rejoiced for all the good which the Lord had done for Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord, who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of Pharaoh, and who has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all the gods, for in the very thing in which they behaved proudly, he was above them. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and other sacrifices to offer to God. And Haran came with the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. And it was so on the next day that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood before Moses from morning until evening. So when Moses' father-in-law saw all that, he did for the people, he said, What is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a difficulty, they come to me, and I judge between one and another, and I make known the statutes of God and his law. So Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you are doing is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear themselves out. For this thing is too much for you. 
you are not able to perform it by yourself. Listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people so that they may bring the difficulties to God. And you shall teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you, but every small matter they themselves shall judge. So it will be easier for you, so they will bear the burden with you. If you do this thing, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all these people will also go to their place in peace. So Moses heeded the voice of his father-in-law, and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel, and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. So they judged the people at all times. The hard cases they brought to Moses, but they judged every small case themselves. Exodus 18, 1-26 This passage is a classic one that speaks to the role of delegation in leadership development and the need for leadership coaching. We see Jethro, a wise and discerning man of God, advising his son-in-law on how to lead with effectiveness. There are some key lessons to be learned. One, you can't do it all. No one is a sole repository of all knowledge. In the body of Christ, the church, God has gifted his people with all that is required for effective service in every area of ministry. The Apostle Peter states, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. 1 Peter 4.10 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 are other passages which speak about the fact that all believers have been given specific gifts, the exercise of which will enable the church to function as it was meant to. Paul uses the analogy of the human body and its various parts in 1 Corinthians 12 to illustrate the necessity of engaging others with different giftings in carrying out the work of ministry. But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. 1 Corinthians 12, 20-21 It is together that we are stronger. No one was meant to do it all. 2. Delegation develops a team of leaders. You may have heard the word team used as an acronym which means together everyone achieves more. It is true. When we incorporate others in the task of leading, the outcomes are much greater than they could possibly be working single-handedly. The writer of Ecclesiastes observes, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. 
Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. Ecclesiastes 4, 9-12 Not only does many hands make work light, delegating helps to develop future leaders. Delegating enables the leader to get the overall task done through empowering others with responsibility and holding them accountable while at the same time having a coaching relationship with them. So Moses heeded the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. So they judged the people at all times. The hard cases they brought to Moses, but they judged every small case themselves. Verse 24 to 26, Exodus 18. Those chosen had to meet the criteria. Able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness. Ultimate responsibility remained with Moses, but other leaders with different capacities came to the fore and were made rulers of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens, based on their giftedness. The third point. Delegation frees the leader to concentrate on the vision and the big picture. Moses needed to spend time with God, to be hearing from him, so that he could remain focused on where God was taking his people and how they should get there. A leader who is bogged down with the day-to-day -day activities cannot lead effectively. The leader must delegate to competent persons like Moses did. This was the rationale that led to the appointment of leaders such as Stephen in Acts chapter 6 as the church began to grow and the apostles needed to remain focused on prayer and to the ministry of the word. The fourth point, effective delegation requires development of team members. Jesus' model of developing leaders is a template that leaders should follow in preparing other leaders to accept responsibilities through delegation. Mark says of Jesus, Then he appointed twelve, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach. Mark 3 verse 14. Jesus chose his disciples that they might learn the process of ministry from him. He told them, he showed them through role modeling, and then he watched them do it and gave them feedback. The effectiveness of his approach is validated by the fact that his disciples, empowered by the Holy Spirit, turned the then world upside down, and the church remains the greatest force on earth for positive change and transformation of lives. Paul said to his protege, Timothy, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 2 It is incumbent on effective leaders to develop other leaders. That is the only way to live a life of true significance. Through delegation and coaching, Moses was able to share the burden of leadership. Jesus likewise prepared men who would change the world through the spreading of the gospel. Effective leadership is a way to leave a legacy that will last. 
bring about true revival and enable the transformation that is needed in the church and Jamaica and our world at this time. I challenge every Christian to become a leader like our Lord Jesus Christ. Next week, we will continue with this series focusing on effective leadership.